Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, there lived a monkey. There was once a man, tall and handsome, who met a, a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other. Hello and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. You know a story. A story you haven't told. Perhaps it's a story about a fox that lives in the forest. Perhaps it's a story about toothpick warriors who come to life at night. Or it may be a grand adventure full of dragons who breathe plumes of fire and feisty adventurers who face them. When is the last time you told that story to someone? You know a song. It may be a little ditty that you enjoy singing, or perhaps you know all the songs from Phantom of the Opera, and you sing music of the night every time you are in the shower. When is the last time you sang that song to someone? This next story by Simon Brooks is important. It uses a tale of what happens when you have a story untold and a song unsung. This story is an old story from a long time ago. And it comes from a land far, far away, in a country that very few of us have visited, in a town that hardly any of us know. In this village, there was a husband and wife. They'd known each other since childhood and been married a few years. And they had never said one harsh word to each other. They loved each other with all their being. He would go out and work in the fields, and she was a seamstress, and she would make and mend clothes. And this is how they made their life. One day, the husband went out to work as normal, and the wife was staying at home as normal, and she finished up the robes for, for one of the priests, and she had wrapped it up in brown paper and string and put it to one side. There was a good part of the day left, so she decided to make supper for the evening. She threw all the ingredients in the great pot, swung it over the fire, added herbs and spices. Mmm, the aroma filled the room, but it was the monsoon season, and the clouds began to cover the sky, and the rain began to fall heavily. She could hear the raindrops battering on the roof. She could feel the wind pressing against the windows and the doors. But the fire roared and kept the house warm, and the smell of the food filled the house. It was a good smell. It was a warm, comforting smell. She decided to make herself some tea, and did so. But as it got darker and darker, she lit the lamp. And the lamp watched everything that she did. The flame flickered, 
and spread its illumination around the room. And it watched her move from one side of the kitchen to the other. It watched her pour herself a cup of tea. It watched her carry the cup over to the big comfortable chair that was next to the fireplace. And the flame... As it flickered, watched her gently fall asleep to the soft crackle of the flames in the fireplace. This woman knew a story, and this woman also knew a song, but she had never told the story, and she had never sang the song. And the song and the story were fed up. And so the story decided to take its revenge upon the woman, and it decided to leave the woman. And so the story leapt up from her heart, up through her throat, and out of her mouth, turned itself into a pair of boots, and landed next to the door. The song, once it saw this, decided that it too would leave. And so it made its way up her throat, out of her mouth, and and turned itself into a coat and landed on a peg next to the door. You see, stories are like boots, and they like to travel. And songs are like coats. They like to wrap themselves around us and protect us from the cold. And the flame saw all of this. And the flame sat there and watched the woman as she slept and looked at the boots and looked at the coat. Well, it wasn't long before the husband came home and he opened the door, soaking wet, and he shook the drops of rain off himself, came into the house and his wife, startled, woke up and turned round. Oh, hello, she said. I must have fallen asleep. Oh, I, hello. And he turned to hang his coat up and he saw the coat that was already on his peg, and he looked down and saw the boots next to the door. Whose coat? Whose boots are these? Uh, I don't know, she said. What do you mean you don't know? You've been here all day, haven't you? I have, but I don't know whose they are. How can you not know whose coat that is and whose boots those are, if you've been here all day? And for the first time ever... They began to argue and fight, and their words got more and more harsh, and their argument became more and more ugly, until at last the woman said, If you don't believe me, then why don't you leave? And the man turned and looked at her, and he said, I will. And he quietly walked out of the house, grabbing his coat as he went, shut the door behind him, and made his way off to the temple of the monkeys which is the only place he could think of that would give him shelter for the night. The wife wept and wept and wept, and the flame watched. She tried to puzzle out where those boots had come from and where the coat had come from, but she had no idea. And the flame in the house watched and watched. Meanwhile, her husband had gone to the temple, and he made his way into the darkness of the temple, made his way all the way to the back, and he curled up on the floor with his back pressed against the cold, cold wall and wondered what had happened. But then, flames started to arrive in the temple. You see, the temple of the monkeys was where all the flames went at night when they were turned out. 
and flame by flame arrived. And when the last flame came in, the other flames asked, Oh, where have you been? Ah, where have you been? Where have you been? Ah, the house where I lived. Inside there was an argument. The man stormed off in a half. Oh, how did that happen? What happened? Oh, tell us, tell us what happened. Well, he came home and there was a coat hanging up on a peg next to the door that was not his. And there was a pair of boots next to the door. A pair of boots that were not his that he'd never seen before. And over this they argued, oh, is that why he left? That makes sense. Oh, yes, I would leave too. Ah, no, 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 said the flame. That is not the whole story. Oh, tell us. Yes, tell us. (laughs) Tell us. Oh, yes, you see, the woman, she knew a story, but she never told it. And so the story left her and turned into a pair of boots while she was sleeping. And also while she was sleeping, the song that she knew that had never been sung by her, it too left but it turned itself into a coat and hung it up on the hung itself up on the peg next to the door. She knew nothing of these things. And the man argued with her, saying that she should know whose coat and whose boots they were, but of course she did not. And because he did not believe her, he left. Oh, that is too bad. That is too bad. <laughs> that is too bad. And when The man had heard everything that the flames had said. He realised his mistake. He realised his error of misjudging his wife and of not believing her. But by now it was too late to go back to the house. So he spent a long, cold night at the temple, sleeping on hard, cold floors. And when he woke up, he was stiff and aching. But despite this, he ran as fast as he could back through the streets to his home. And he found his wife there, making breakfast for herself. He quietly closed the door and walked up to her and asked her for forgiveness. He told her about the flames and how the spirit of the flames had come to the temple, and how he had heard the story, that the story that she once knew had left her and turned itself into a pair of boots, and the song that she had once known had also left her and turned herself into the coat that hung on the peg next to the door. He begged for forgiveness, and she gave it to him. And then he asked if she could sing the song and tell him the story. And she thought and she thought. And she knew and she remembered that she had once known a story and that she had once known a song. But, sadly, when the song had left her and turned itself into the coat, it had left her for good. And the story had also left her for good. So, if you know a song, then sing it, for the songs wrap us up like a great coat in winter. And if you know a story, tell it, for stories are like boots. They love to travel. The fairy tale sponsor for today is the number 398.2. 
Many of these stories, the stories you have heard and loved on this podcast, can be found at the humble number of 398.2. This number tells you exactly where to find the folk and fairy tales in your local library. Now, 398.1 is where you can find the primitive traditions section, and 398.3 is where you can find real phenomena as subjects of folklore. But 398.2, that is where you will find folk literature. That's where you can seek out the familiar stories you know or have heard, or you can find new stories so beautiful that if you read them out loud, the whole world would weep at their beauty. Or you might find stories so scary that you will forever sleep with your teddy bear. I know that is one of the reasons I still sleep with mine. So the next time you go to your local library, go to the 398.2 section and whisper the password once upon a time. The final story that I have for this season is about and for storytellers themselves. The artists that take the stories we know and wrap them in words so wonderful we hold our breath until the end. Claire Murphy, the lovely storyteller from Northern Ireland, tells The Storyteller and the King. very short story about my favourite people, the Tua de Danon, the big gods that invaded Ireland way before we invaded it and took it over and loved it. They loved it so much when they arrived that they burned their ships so they could never leave. And when uh, they arrived, their king got into a mighty battle and lost his arm. And the Tua de Danon were somewhat shallow in that they they, they, they valued beauty above everything else, above everything else. So you couldn't have a king with any kind of a blemish. And only having the one arm was a little bit of a blemish for them. So they took him down and they looked around to see if they could get another king. And they had to pick somebody really worthy. And they looked and they saw Bress the Beautiful. And it's right there in the name, right? The kind of man he was. He was sculpted man with the muscles and the gleaming and the smouldering eyes and the women would faint any time he walks past. And so they made him king. But he, he inside didn't have the beauty that was required. He was half Formorian, half demon. And when he became king, he started putting taxes on people, making them work too much, not letting them sleep, not letting them sing, all these terrible things. And the chief storyteller of Ireland, the chief poet, needed to go and visit him because he was the king. He hadn't yet visited him. And he loved to visit the kings because the kings always knew that the storytellers were very important people. And they always got the best wine. Thank you. The best wine. I played that one. Sorry. The best wine, the best food, the most beautiful women would serve them. So he was looking forward to the hospitality of the king. He arrived at the fort and the guard looked out the little window and said, yeah. And the chief storyteller said, I'm here. (laughs) Let the king know. The guard ran off, came back and said, "Ah, the king's kind of busy, so uh, he'll see you tomorrow and I'll take you to your quarters. And the storyteller said, well, I I know where my quarters are. They're the second largest, they're beside the king's. And the guard said, yeah, there's been a little change. So he led him across the courtyard, over the great green, through this tiny little doorway, down this dank, dark hallway to this little wooden door. And he opened up the door, and inside there was this pallet with a few bits of straw and a little table with dry bread 
and a glass of dirty water. And chief storyteller saw this and he was about to complain, but the guard left. So there he was in his accommodation. And he saw that and he, he couldn't lie on that bed. He couldn't drink that water. So he just paced. The room was very small. So he paced all night long and all night long the anger boiled up inside of him, boiled up inside of him and mixed with his storyteller's heart. And when he emerged the next day, he didn't wait for the king. He emerged from that room. He went out the corridor across the green and the, the rage exploded from his mouth as a poem, a satire, a satirical story about the king's hospitality. Words flew like blackbirds into the sky, far and wide, dropping into the ears of all the people And as the people heard the words, they all started to laugh. (laughs) And laugh. (laughs) And laugh. (laughs) And their laughter was so loud because the words were so true about Bress being a terrible king with terrible hospitality that the king woke up and heard the laughter. (laughs) And he heard the words of the poet, of the storyteller. And the words were so scathing and so terrible that he had to stand down as king and they brought the old king back and of course that is what can happen if you anger a storyteller thank you for listening to the story story podcast show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 24 show the love Find Simon Brooks and Claire Murphy on Facebook and the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. In fairy tales, the magic number is three. So I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list. You will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox. Plus, news and other storytelling related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, you help support the podcast and get a story story short, which is what it sounds like, a short story often recorded by the storyteller just for the patrons. The short for this episode is The Wise King, The Cook, and The Farmer, which is told beautifully by Donna Washington. You can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com and a huge thank you to the ongoing supporters. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I post a visual for every fairy tale sponsor, something you can't see via podcast. Let me know the favorite story you've heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. This episode marks the 24th episode and the end of the second season of the Story Story podcast. I will be taking a small break and be back with stories on July 5th. There will be new storytellers, interviews, and sponsors, and I cannot wait to share all of it with you. Before the break, I wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you who has listened and loved the stories you have heard. And thank you to the storytellers who have loved stories enough to put them into words and record them for us to hear. You are my heroes. I hope you will join me again. And until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there.
would cross 27 countries, wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story for another time. The last thing he said before he died was a curse on anyone who would dare to go sing Just because a story is strange, do not mistake, it can also be true.